Hello everyone and welcome to episode 52 of Get Out of Rap and today the first the, I'm joined by the first person that I only ever talk about as an abbreviation CVP Charmaine Valence Poole who is the head of UK and international customer experience for Holland and Barrett uh, I'd like to consider my friend and fellow mad keen Tottenham fan CVP how are you? I'm fine Martin how are you? You've allowed me on eventually. I'm allowed it was, on. It, it was more about kind of pinning you down than allowing you on. <laughs> <laughs> I think, was it the last time we saw each other face to face? We were on stage together talking about um, diversity and inclusion. Or was that? Was, yeah, was that was. That was nearly. God, how long ago? Yeah. That, was, was that last October, the year before October at the British yeah, Library. Yeah. Because then we've yeah. had like near enough the whole year of um, lockdown. Yeah, absolutely. And the whole year of Spurs changing their team squad. We'll go into that later, shall we? <laughs> coys. <laughs> Always coys. Um, yeah, we do exchange text messages more often about how bad Tottenham are or how when we're occasionally doing really well, don't we? So Yeah, and I think I think the most um, interactive we had was when Bale joined. I think we were just very excited the fact that Bell was coming home and we were getting at our dodgy Bell shirts from about 10 years ago and trying yeah. to see if they, if they still got us. I think I tried to put my sons on. It was a bit tight around the top, but we got it on and eventually. <laughs> I do remember, though, uh, the AX semi-final. We were, we were exchanging a lot of messages then. Yeah, absolutely. And I won't tell everybody or share you. I won't share everybody your stories that you've told me about you and certain <laughs> top them. <laughs> players because obviously your reputation Martin <laughs> if you can see one... him now everybody he's absolutely red he's like oh Pete is nearly that... is his Tottenham logo I know the one you're talking about maybe one day I'll share that I'll share that <laughs> embarrassing story it's like this is your life isn't it yeah <laughs> so let's start then right at the beginning and your kind of career in um contact centres when did it well and or customer experience well when did it start oh god I've given my age away so um for me it started oh, Martin 20 20 odd plus years ago um, so my first job was um I left school my mum said she had a sixth form I'm like no I ain't I've done enough of school I'm going to get a job um, and so she said, well, go and get yourself a job. So I got myself um, a job in, of Albany, in, a, in for Levi's, folding jeans. I thought, God, my life was, my life was complete shopping and, at, and being with people. And what I loved around a bit was, was just, just being around people and serving people. And, and you'd have really great conversations. You'd have lots of banter with them. And it was really fun. And then I thought, oh, I've got to get up a proper grown-up job. As my mum kept on saying, you can't do that forever, love. And there was an opening for British Gas as a, um, a graduate in British Gas when it was formerly known as British Gas before it was it was bought out. Um, it's a, a graduate in a graduate screen, management graduate screen. And it was a, a two-year course, you go in there and then you go to the contact centre and you learn about billing, collections, meter reading, all the cycles of billing. Um, and I did that for two years, absolutely loved it. Absolutely just. The teamwork, the dynamic, you know, you know, I always remember I was, was top of the wall board for how many calls taken 
actually my quotas because I got really I was really competitive I actually top of that wall board coming every day make sure my name was on top of that yeah we had wall boards then them years ago your name's on it I think it was a black, black screen with a green name green name on it we even had this is really showing my age we even had a type and pull in the office I was saying to somebody there was a type and pull where you to go and get your letters as customers and take them into the type and pull and they'd be there stomping away on the little type wow. recorders absolutely that gives that absolutely gives my age away and absolutely loved it. I, I loved working with teams of people, you know, and, you know, then again, it was, you know, the volumes of calls were massive. And also what I enjoyed was you had a problem and then you could fix it for somebody. You know, you you had a, you know, especially lots of people said, you know, when I had lots of IOPs used to ring and say, I can't pay my gas bill. And we then put them on a little, a little payment book. There's a book then there's to go in the post office and, and stamp on. And I knew then I enjoyed working and making a difference to people. That excited me. And how you could have a great conversation, somebody really, really upset or really unhappy, but actually tell it in something really positive. So I knew then that was where I, I felt most comfortable and I could make it just, just chatting to people. I didn't stop chatting all the time. Even my, my break, I had to go back on my break and have a chat with somebody. And sometimes they said, come on, get off the calls because your calls are too long. Because you have them say, and what are you going to do today? And absolutely, when you go to take your book, go and get your pension out and get your butter and eggs. And I used to talk to people all the time to get told off. But I loved it. I loved having conversations with people. And this industry, as I see it, is about meeting people, having really great conversations, engaging with people and making a difference, whether the people you serve or people around you. Uh, and building that that you know, just a great atmosphere around you so that for me was I knew that's what I wanted to be um I worked there for a good number of years went through a management a management program really thoroughly enjoyed it um and then I moved moved to meet my husband fell in love as you do um, and then I moved to, a, to a, a village town called Banbury which I've lived ever since or just sits out at the village and I started working for a company called Cash UK and from there, then I progressed. I was um, a contact centre advisor, went to a team leader, went to then the sales office manager, then to the contact centre manager. It really worked my way up in that business. Been within the business for about 10 years. It was a really family run business. A great, you know, I got married from there, had my children in that environment. So really, it was a really lovely environment to be in. Really, they looked after you, they developed you. Again, we were family. We just, you know, all my friends worked there. Lots of, you know, family were their friends. We were just a big team, really. And it was great. And grew up in the business where the business was growing dramatically. Um, and I remember then having a conversation with my MD at the time and saying, oh, I need, I really, my hunger for me for wanting more, wanting more development was, you know, I was, I always was the wild, wild child. My dad used to say, but you stop going, why? Why does that do that? Why? 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 I was one of those annoying, why? Yeah. Why? <laughs> and at the time you said, you said to me, I, said, I would really like to know how far I could go in my career, where, you know, where, 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 you know, what potential have I got, currently got? What are my gaps? What, what can I do more? What, what, what do you think? So I do you know what I think you need. I think you need a business coach. I think we'd get you a coach, come in. Um, and we'll, you know, we'll, we'll see what your gaps are and then see what development we can. She said to me, hmm, you need to go and experience another business to get a bit more experience. So off I went. Well, okay, then I'm off then. So I left wow. the business that I loved for 10 years 
And actually, I knew I probably had to go and get a bit more experience in the wider world than just staying in one organisation 10 years. And sometimes you stay for people because you love the people, you love the culture. But I knew I had gaps in my career that I then needed to go um, and just go and find and, you know, see the, see other, other cultures and, and places. And so I did. And I've never looked back, really. Um, and I've gone from different lots of different roles, heading up lots of big teams, worked for the telecoms industry, um, worked for a fleet management company, worked for some very, very cool brands like BMW, Audi, three, the mobile phone company. Um, and now I'm at Holland and Barrett. So yeah, I've been at Holland and Barrett nearly six years. Um, you know, very, very um, exciting business. When I first joined, it was very much as people started talking about their health and well-being, and it was quite cool to be healthy now it's in the current world as we're in it's essential you you know it's yeah. part of your life to become healthy health is the most important thing on people's minds and has been and so growing up in the business we've had lots of change lots of new owners but the business has you know really really transformed and it's been a real pleasure to be part of that journey you know we all talk about journeys but absolutely from you know business that has you know nearly 800 stores in the UK and a massive digital presence you know, we, we serve customers, you know, on the high street as well as digital to be part of that business as it's completely changing and changing the, its proposition, the way we show up to customers, the way we, we talk to customers is really exciting. Like over the last, you know, year, what we've done differently has been just amazing. You know, we talked about what we did in COVID. We, you know, we didn't shut our store. You know, our stores mm. were essential retailers, so we remained open in that absolutely peak of everything. Um, and for us, we've never stopped. We don't know what mm. peak is. Some contact centers, we plan for peak. We're in peak still. I don't know what non-peak <laughs> is. So yeah, I think that's me. That's me in a nutshell. That's that's where I am at the moment. I think that's going to resonate with so many um, people. I've just spent the whole time smiling, even just from thinking as the um the early iteration of you coming in looking the first thing you do is look at the leaderboard because it absolutely um resonates with me and that's looking for my name and thinking who's who's beating me and um which you know when you move to the um the, the family one and you spent 10 years there and kind of that's where you had those uh, that early progression which progression did you find the most challenging was it advisor to team leader or was it then after that or advisor to team leader I think was the biggest I think because also I was working with my friends hmm. so the people that I worked with for three four years <clears throat> and they were my friends and suddenly you've got to be that team leader who goes you're five minutes late back for me lunch or you're a bit late this morning and and sometimes you can't join the banter when you want to join the banter you've got to have this very professional face on and sometimes you your manager will tell you something I don't really want to talk I don't really agree but you've got to go out and go here's the message and a team leader role is the hardest hardest gig there is today shadow of a doubt because mm. you know you've got not only a team to build and develop you've got to your own targets you, you know your escalations from customers you you've got to be everything you've got to be a multifunctional person um you, you've got to know everything there is about your team coach develop engage them but keep yourself motivated engaged as well at the same time to lead that team you know to deliver all the kpis that are thrown at you because there's a 
they keep growing day by day. Um, but they're, I think for me, they're the probably the most important vital roles because they're the next leaders of the future. And so you need to make sure we you develop those. You know, I know from my previous my some of my previous boss that I worked with, they were brilliant at really making sure you were ready for that next step. You were kept up, mm. you kept informed, you were really engaged, you were really what gaps have you got? How can we keep developing you? And to really keep them engaged as well, because it's a tough gig. Absolutely, yeah. really, really tough gig. You know, how did you back, how did you manage that transition then? What advice would you give for people? who might be in that role or just about to take that role where they are going to have to suddenly go from being one of the team to telling the team what to do in some cases? I think suddenly you, you can't take it personal. I think I used to take things to heart and really personal. And you think well, they're going to be my friend, whatever happens. And true friends know that. I think sometimes yeah. you you take it, and I've taken stuff really personal and look back think, how would I have done that approach that different? And don't be afraid to just be very open and honest. Sometimes I think, I can't really tell them that because they don't want to hear, they wouldn't want to hear that if that was me. And sometimes you've got to think, well, how would I want to hear that if that was me being spoke to? And just really come back to your true values. Um, but, you know, don't take it personal because somebody has sometimes got to convey those messages you've got to convey. Um, but it is really tough, really, it really, is. really tough. Um, it is. It's one of the toughest transitions I've ever done. Yeah. Um, how, how progressive as well? I was just thinking, the MD that said, "Get you get a business coach," must have known that there was a there's a potentially a chance that that, that would lead to you flying flying the nest. Yeah, and at the time I was like, hmm, why, are you, why are you saying that for? Do you want me to leave? And actually, in a really nice way, you did me the world of good because you probably knew actually what we what we wanted for you probably wasn't here, and we wanted to find your own way and do it your own, you know, rather than trying to, you know, keep you in the business where actually you couldn't fulfil your potential. Actually, sometimes you go elsewhere to fulfil your potential. And looking back, I was like, I think that's the most positive step I've ever made. Thinking. It was uncomfortable. It was completely out of my comfort zone. You know, I used to work five minutes from home. It's really good to go in the morning, come home for my lunch. It's really comfortable. Actually, I was going to a job where I had to commute, had to have new, a whole new sector, new people. But actually, it made me who I, it made me tough. It made me resilient. It made me able to work in different environments. And actually, I learned a lot about myself. I can do this because sometimes you think, oh, I'm quite comfortable and it's coming out of that yeah. comfort zone. And actually, I think it's the best thing he ever did. Ever did. At the time, I was like, mm, oh, I don't want to go anywhere else. But sometimes you've got to go, absolutely, it's a risk you, you sometimes take. And for me, it was absolutely worthwhile doing that. Has it inf have those sort of things influenced how you manage others? Um, I think, yeah, I'm very, very honest with my team. I'm very much... Um, I'm probably I probably have a nightmare because I'm like always wanting to keep developing those people. What, what's it for you? What's next for you? How? For five minutes. Oh, okay, thank you. Um, I constantly want to make sure I'm there for them. I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm a I feel I'm a good listener. I talk to I'm always talking. Martin, you know this. All chatting away to people. We spend half our time, but I'm there for them. I think that's really really important. You know, you say. As leaders, I think we should we should always demonstrate, you know, lead by example, demonstrate you're there for your team. You you understand them, you show empathy, you really care about them, you care about their development. Sometimes it might not be in your own team, but you really want what's the best out of people. 
Um, well, I've, I've, I've seen firsthand when meeting you in your in your centre, you spent more time talking about your your team when we when you were introducing them than you've ever do, ever done about yourself. So, and also the pride that you've got with um, your team winning awards as well. Yeah, absolutely. And you'd make me laugh. They call me the work mum. I'm work mum. So I'm known in some people's phones as work mum. That's really bad, then, isn't it? <laughs> I'm like, oh no. And they could, oh, Mother's Day one year, they bought me a my Mother's Day card for my work mum. And I actually shared it with my, my children said, remember it's Mother's Day because this is what happened at work. They're, oh, look at them work children. They're giving you a good spread. And that's God. But yeah, now I, you know, I'm not where I am without my team. I have a really great team behind me. And we all say you, you're only as good as your team, but absolutely, I couldn't do it without them. They keep, they keep me sane every day, but laughing. And we do get, I mean, we do get to, we are the, we are the noisy neighbours, absolutely. So when we were in the office, they used to call us the noisy neighbours in the corner because we were just so loud and noisy. Well, that's, that's our world. Welcome to it, isn't it, really? But actually, we made a positive impact. Um, because we were noisy, we were loud, but we, we had fun. And what's been really nice is as we've gone through sort of COVID and, and as we've we're still stuck that team spirit together, which sometimes as your remote work, it's really, really hard tough, to keep the engaged team. Yeah, absolutely. But every day we laugh, we barely laugh at stuff that you probably think, what are we doing? And you get on our team operational calls in the morning and we laugh, literally laugh. And you think, this is good. This is because obviously we want to keep ourselves safe. And I said to me, before it was for you guys, I would have just in my four walls not speaking to anybody. I need them to, to, you know, to keep me sane. And also what we've done is some of the stores where they've had quite a, you know, a small footfall, we've, we've reallocated them into the contact centre to work. Um, and it's been a great opening for them and us because, you know, yeah. they, they get to know our job, we get to know their job. And the amount of them that want to stay with us it's amazing that can we stay we don't want to go back we love this you know the, the great the, the work's great quite rewarding but actually the fun you have an engagement with your team you, you're silly but you laugh you're really silly and I think when sometimes you're dealing with with problems or people that aren't happy and you make it a fun environment it, it's yeah. much easier to deal with it throughout the day and I think every team and I know most teams that I've managed or worked with the source is laughter you've got yeah. to laugh Oh, absolutely you know that times we've laughed you just got yeah. to laugh at, the, at, at yeah. things because it just it, it's quite infectious when you laugh people around you get that infectious and they laugh and they want to be part of that team and that's I think that's that's what we do every day but yeah we do do that well this is why we get on so I'm a huge advocate of that and I think um too often people associate especially if you're looking up when you're in a position where you're looking up at senior leaders too often, I think there's a perception that you have to be serious. Um, mm. You can, you can still be, you can still have fun. This is one life we've got to live it, right? You've got to have fun, enjoy yourself, but you can still be serious and professional when you need to be. You're you're a massive um, exponent of that. It's always a, it's a, I always know it's going to be good when we when we get together or have a chat. So I can imagine your teams feel exactly the same way. Just. Um, it's sometimes raucous we have to go come on this is a bit raucous now let's let's wind it in and slightly but we do you know we just I think like you said life is too short you can't you just not address rehearsals that we should say it's it's yeah. one life you've got to enjoy it and there is you know and there's been some real tough you know 
challenges that everybody's had in the last sort of year, you know, working from home in their bedroom, some of my team on their beds, not seeing friends and family. So we've just made it as fun as possible and to laugh as much as possible. You know, my poor team leaders, they dress up in some outfits and get on camera and go, what are you doing today? What's that outfit? You know, come on, please, what are you doing? For Christmas, one person wrapped herself in a box and sat on the bed on a box, goes, happy Christmas. Like, oh my God, I've allowed this to happen. But they, we, we understand that people probably feel like we've been feeling. And actually yeah. what's made it is just to laugh and have a bit of fun along the way. And I think, I always think that's the key to a really engaged, happy team, fun. Exactly. We need to, to get the job done, but have a bit of fun along the way. And you guys, for those that don't know, one of the things that I really was, was really impressed about when um, we first kind of came into the centre a few, few years ago was we've, for ages, we've talked about what does the agent of 2020 look like? They deal with more complex um, situations, they're trained better, they're experts. Now, for your guys, that's a reality, isn't it? Because they are experts in health and nutrition and uh, the things that go into food, what's acceptable. It's staggering the amount of knowledge that um, your your teams on the phone, your team members on the phone have. How have you, how has that sort of come about? Yeah, so um, um, if you go into a, a, into one of our stores, if you go to your local store, we are, anywhere that serves you in stores, what we call is qualified to advise. So they're qualified to send an A-level equivalent of, of health and nutrition advice. So if you went in and you you had concerns about your sleeping and they would actually go and talk to you through your, you know, your health needs, your lifestyle at the moment, we'd recommend some products that you could take along the way. Exactly the same in, in the in the, in the, your, the customer operation. You know, if we have, you, you, you guys, you know, help us with our calls and everything else. We have a multitude of calls that come. It could be, where's my order? It could be my loyalty card doesn't work. My double discount doesn't stack up. It could also be, I'm really struggling to sleep today. How can you help me? So we'll talk through, okay, what's without, without straight away recommend the product, it's actually getting to that underlying health issue or what could it be? Could it be, you know, your diet? Could it be your current lifestyle? Could it be? And so we try to really understand the needs and actually add value to those conversations. You know, so we've done massive work over the last sort of two years is hopefully taking away those transactional calls where's my order it's been lost it's been damaged to actually get those conversations much more automated so we can add value to those customers that want us wants to have a chat with somebody you know we've just about to launch video chat so where in some of our concept stores you can actually click on a screen and speak to a qualified nutritionist so you come speak to us in the video it's a little video booth and screen and so our thing is, you know, there's lots of people that now care about their health and well-being. It's, it's really, really important to them. So we we have upskilled our team to make sure, you know, they are able to offer that advice to customers by whatever channel they want to call us, whether it's, and it's very much using the, the digital screens because we get a lot of customers that won't go to their GP first. They, I can't wait in a queue. I can't get hold of my GP. Oh my God, I'm on their phone for hours. What are they? Can you not help me? Um, and so they use us as a trusted partner of choice, really. Um, and to train, you know, it, it's, but also what we're doing when we're training, we're given, you know, and I've learned quite a lot from the business of life skills. You learn so much about, about your body and the, uh, the ailments, all about your gut. 
you know, your gut is your second brain, you know, and it's, it's, it's amazing what you learn, you know, you're a bit stressed, your stomach plays up, doesn't it? You've got your churnings and, and all that that goes with it. It's, it's amazing. So you're actually, you know, you're, you're learning how to do the job technically, but you're learning a life skill. Um, I think, you know, we don't necessarily share that a lot. I think we just, it's part of parcel of the job, really. But when you look at it like you've done, you look at it and God, that's, yeah, that's, that's a big, it's a big thing to learn those things, you know. And, you know, and I always remember when I did my first training, my God, it was like, it was really, I was like, whoa, it's like an exam situation. Um, but it was good because I learned stuff that I now have transferable skills that I'll learn, yeah. I've learned for life, really, about myself and my health needs as well and what is important to you um so yeah it, it, so again you're not doing a, just a normal contact center advisor job you're doing a lifestyle it's a lifestyle yeah. and as you know we, we're about to roll out more services um different things that we can offer to customers around their wellness needs about the whole wellness journey and how we can support that wellness journey you know and i've been saying yesterday you know we need to make sure you know, the guys are probably always oh, quite it's quite amazing how we can learn a different skill you know it's great i can speak to customers on the phone i can write an email i could do a web chat actually i can talk to them about maybe their sleep journey or it could be something to, you know to do with their, their digestive system actually i could help them on their wellness path as well um, and we look off a lots and lots of training we ethics electronic we do videos we do games um and it's very again very competitive we've got to be top of that leaderboard at christmas and other thing custom services have got to be there but again you know it's a lot to take a lot of stuff to take in as you know stuff are regulated as well mm, yeah. um but yeah it's 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 a very interesting role with it but it's good you, you get a bit lots of reward from it and i think it's testament to you and not only your competency but your your passion that it seems to me that the contact center is at the centre of your company's innovations. You know, they even think that they're always kind of seemingly asking your opinion, getting you involved, perhaps more so than in some other um, companies with their relationship and how they perceive their their contact centre, as well as being the noisy neighbours. You guys are are held in the highest esteem, aren't you? Yeah, I think you know it, it, we we've had to work at it absolutely, but. You know, we we very much are probably the noisy neighbours that tell you everything as well. Yeah, we can tell you what's going on. Absolutely. So, you know, we you know we sit on masses of masses of insight and and data. You know, we we speak to customers every single day, so we know how they're feeling and sentiment of customers. So, it's been really my job is to really engage that and drive those conversations through the business. And actually work hard in collaboration with other leaders to say, look, this is what we this is what we're about. This, you know, this is what we do. This is the insight that we have. And that's been really, really beneficial. So, you know, we're very much now part of if we launch something, we're very much part of that launch pro process rather than going, oh, it's been launched, they go customer services. It's not, it's actually from mm. the very discovery to the testing, everything, we're part of that journey. Um, because and it's, it's taken a while to get there you know sometimes you think, why don't we know about this that yeah. so the noise the noise neighbor goes and has a bit of conversation and then we'll, we'll, we'll got in that door open but i think if it's if you're passionate about your team and passionate about what they do and actually how make sure we've got a voice so my job is to make sure we've got a voice in that business whether it's noisy loud whatever and actually drive that voice across the organization that's my role and that's yeah. what I stand for. And I think you know, sometimes we want to make sure we've got, we've got, we've got each other. That's what we're there for. We've got each other's backs. So we've got a voice. And that's been my number one goal is 
to make sure the team have a voice and we make a difference because you know we we see those conversations every day and we've got to go and make that change it's our it's our job to make the change happen really and when you um maybe kind of reflect back on your uh career in the industry to date and where we are now and maybe looking ahead to the future what what do you think what's changed what stayed the same how you know what's your kind of summary of our industry i think the industry probably will have i think before in some some departments probably customer service has been hidden it's it's it, they, they take a few calls and they do some stuff actually throughout that you know the height of, of the covid we were the ones having conversations with people now at home mm. you know when somebody is sitting at home and the, the only conversation they have is with the team that's really important you know yeah. you were the you were the people we we were reached out to every single day mm. you know they probably didn't speak to anybody see neighbors for weeks and months but actually they're having a conversation with us so we found lots of conversations we were having was, how are you today? How, how are you finding lockdown? How are you working from home? And customers were really worried and making sure we all have that impact to make sure, you know, are we, are we taking care of them? You know, what about their well-being at home? You know, have they got equipment at home? We were getting all these questions about where they sit here. They're sitting on, on, their, on their bed, on their desk, where they're yeah. sitting. So actually, they were caring about us. And I think, you know, I know, you know speaking with, um, we've got more and more conversations about how are you coping? And, and actually, yeah. customers had a much more understanding if something didn't arrive on time or was a bit like, you don't worry about it as long as it gets. They just wanted a conversation with us, you know, actually. And some people just closed channels. We kept our channels open. We you know we kept our channels yeah. of communication very much open. We're here. We want to talk to you. You might have a bit more waiting time, but we were open. Absolutely. We got more people in. We wanted to make sure we have those conversations. So I think definitely for us, we were very much in the, you know, as we were going through the very, very peak of, of COVID at the time, we were very much at the heartbeat of the exec every single day. Okay, how's customer services? What type of conversations we're having? How are the team? Have they gotten up source? What can we do more? Absolutely. And it hasn't stopped, I think, because mm. we got a lot of respect from internally, actually what we did and how we supported customers. Um, because we were the ones speaking to people when they were, when they were at home. Nobody was going out, but they were reaching out to talking to us really. So yeah, that was, I think mindset has definitely changed even more so and I think other companies will probably see that as well and speaking to colleagues they've actually said yes absolutely you've now got much better a greater presence in your organization trying to get you know investment is much more easier now because people mm. absolutely see the value we have made and we do every single day and that's I great. you've I seen that as well I think um progressive companies are ones that understand the value of the contact center and that it can understand it is the place where if you want to understand how your customers are reacting to what you are doing, there's no better place. And also, I think now people are starting to understand there's some great minds within contact centres. So there's always been passion, I think, um, and people have maybe understood that. But it's it's the likes of people like you who kind of have been banging the drum about what's possible and the it's not, you know, as you mentioned yourself, rather than hearing about projects at the moment, you have to implement them and amend your processes rather than being involved at the inception and being able to shape how 
customer experience and how customer journeys should should be now the contact centers definitely have have a voice I, i'm genuinely excited about um the future for our industry and what's what can happen some of the people that are coming up that are going to just disrupt our thinking even more customers are disrupting how we should um service them and it's just it's just great it's great to see what the likes of you and your company do but there's lots of others equally there's some that are still um quite traditional in a sense but and the reason that people stay there and love them is because exactly how you've mentioned it at the start and what brought us all or kept us all in this industry right it's just people and it's people being yeah, a bit chatty <laughs> yeah a bit chatty and a bit, a bit noisy over there and then noisy honestly we are the noise when you come next time we'll put a sign up noisy neighbors that's what we are the noisy neighbors um, exactly. should, I call us the, should I call us the noisy neighbours from North London? That quite suits yeah, you, right, doesn't it? Exactly, exactly. Although we are recording this, aren't we? Just straight after the North London derby, and um, you, you and me are the same. We've often talked about it can actually impact me in my entire life for a couple of days. <laughs> the the, the, top, well, the Tottenham result. You see, our teams chat beginning of the season. Our teams chat work. I kept on putting pictures of Harry Kane and so on up there and go, have a good weekend, boo-boo, King Harry, and all this lot. It slightly changed quite, and then we went downhill, and then we've got a couple of Liverpool fans. They went really, really quiet this season. Yeah. And someone came, Chris, and my team, oh, do we want to talk about the London derby? I was like, no, Chris, we don't. Okay, that's, we've, football is now banned from the conversation. Absolutely. Until I've got bragging rights, until we've got a bit of silver weather, I'd be all over it again. I'd be, I'd be exactly. really annoying then. Exactly. I don't know about you. I always get, you see, I've got friends who are West Ham fans who aren't that interested in football for most of the season. Now, all of a sudden, I'm getting messages and gifts and memes nonstop. Um, they're very, very fickle. <laughs> yeah, but they go, oh, happy Monday. How's the mood today? Oh, the mood's buoyant today. Absolutely. Well, the main question is, are we going to win the cup final April, end of April? Mm, I did believe. Yeah. Not quite sure. It's the hope that gets you, isn't it? It's the hope. Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't know. I keep telling myself, as long as we don't get humiliated, I'll be happy. I won't be, but I'm trying no, to tell I myself... <laughs> Well, in December, I thought we won the league. I was like, oh, we won the league. I was going to put a little, little bet on. I thought, no, no, absolutely no chance. Absolutely. And like the boys for Christmas, they got lots of new shirts and training tops and all that. But I think I've bought, even bought the Monopoly game. What is wrong with me? We yeah, I've got the a puzzle of a new stadium. Oh, what are we doing to ourselves? And then suddenly thinking, yeah, absolutely, all the merchandise is coming. Oh, just a sucker for it, aren't we? Absolutely. We get drawn into that. We're going to win, isn't it? And then suddenly, like, no. And every year, Mike, we start signing stuff. Me and you are going, yeah. who's going to sign? Look, who's rumoured to come and sign? Come on, we're going to get this person, you know? Absolutely. Well, when we nearly got Dybala, that would have been, that would have been amazing. But like you say, when we got Bale, it was just great. Um, I could I, I could talk about it all day long. <laughs> I think we did, didn't we? we were like, it was countdown. I think we kept on sending pictures of Twitter on the countdown. And then when the car pulled up, we were there. We're like, yes, yeah. he's arrived. Yeah. He's arrived. Thing is, though, the last couple of games, you can see he's, he's back to his... He looks really happy, doesn't he? He yeah. looks like he's happy to play football and he's content. And that makes you think, 
it, yeah, absolutely. Mm. And he's got some of his touches back. You can see the skill that he's got, you know, yeah. and, and he's kept his fitness, which is which is amazing. But yeah. But Undumbello, as I said to you in a couple of messages at the weekend, he's, got he's a certified baller that's got cheat mode enabled. <laughs> He, he's just a magician. I love watching that guy. He is amazing. He was fouled 18 times in um, in the European game. People just can't get near him. I don't think they're being malicious. They, he just does things with the football. And I think is, the only sad thing about it is, is that stadium is just, just awesome. And you think mm. to see Bale at home on a home game, you would just, you can imagine you've got that third person in that, extra person in that team to push the crowd yeah. along, isn't it? And you just look, yeah. oh, You've missed out. Is Bell going to be there next season when people yeah, finally get back question. in the stadium? You just think to have that momentum as well, isn't it? Mm, good question. I want. think we've probably, I think we might have converted some people to be Tottenham fans and certainly look out for um, supporting Tottenham against Man City in the League Cup. <laughs> April the 25th or 26th, I think it is. I can't remember one of the two. Um, CVP, thanks so much for joining. Oh, I have got one actual proper question. Um, as opposed to just talking proper about Proper Apart from the rest of yeah. the proper, not non-proper questions. <laughs> no. um, you're right. If you could give one bit of advice to people listening who might, you, you've, you, you haven't stopped. You have, you could, you're going to do loads more. You can just tell with everything, with everything you've got, your skills, experience and passion. Um, you're amazing. Um, what is the one bit of advice that you would give to someone who may be, some of the analytics I get from who listens show that they're in their first management position or maybe thinking about another move. What's a, if you could only give one bit of advice, what would it be? What's worked for me is maybe get a good mentor. Um, somebody you can give you really honest feedback about yourself, get 360, go out there, seek a, you know, get some 360 views um, about how people perceive you. And absolutely, and and be open to that to that advice. You know, I've always been really an advocate of people giving me feedback. I think some people don't take that. And early in my career, I was like, mm, a bit harsh. Mm, I'm, I'm okay, mm, you know. But actually, the more you go, actually, that's a really valid point. Mm. Um, so, to give you an example, when I used to manage a team, I used to go in and go. Hi, buddy. How are you? You can imagine. Oh, no, 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 no. And there was one girl every day. Could we should have a cup of tea? Oh, yeah, I'd love a cup of tea. And actually, just to make me a cup of tea, I go, oh, thank you so much. And, you know, how are you? How's the dog at the time? And, yeah, yeah, Betty's all right. Really, really good. Thank you. My team gave me feedback. They thought I liked her more than everybody else. And that was because I talked to her about her dog, Betty, because she made me a cup of tea. I got really upset about thinking, oh, I don't favour her. But because I had that conversation, because she made me tea, or how's Betty's day? Absolutely. And they were like, but you'd like her more. And I was like, I was mortified to get that feedback. But I'm glad I had it because it made me look at things differently. Thinking, okay, I've got to make a more conscious effort to, to make sure I'm engaging with more people and I'm talking to more people. But to get that feedback and action is really, really important. So get a mentor or get some 360 feedback and how people perceive you, uh, you know, how you show up to people. I think it's really, really important because you'll learn about yourself consciously you don't think you're doing it but you may be doing it and for me I've always gained that feedback I've got a mentor and said you know tell me you know to be really honest feedback to be just make sure you're true to yourself because sometimes you you may be doing something you're not really realizing you're doing it 
and anybody that wants to move on and you know develop and get a new role or whatever or, or flourish in a business just seek that a third pair of eyes looking at you or mm. something independent that's definitely helped and it you know it does I'm, I'm, I'm I do it all the time I'm a nightmare that's great advice it really is um CVP thank you very much for um coming on and um come on no, you no, my pleasure. Thank you so much for, you know, for having me. It's been a, it's been a pleasure. And come on, you Spurs. I believe. <laughs> be a believer. I sound like Bieber. Bieber, Bieber, believe. <laughs>